When I grow up, I want to work for a woke company. Like super woke. When I grow up. When I grow up, I want to be hired based on what I look like rather than my skills. I want to be judged by my political beliefs. I want to get promoted based on my chromosomes. When I grow up, I want to be offended by my coworkers and walk around the office on eggshells and have my words policed by HR. Words like grandfather, peanut gallery, long time no see, no can do. When I grow up, I want to be obsessed with emotional safety and do workplace sensitivity training all day long. When I grow up, I want to climb the corporate ladder. Just by following the crowd. I want to be a conformist. I want to weaponize my pronouns. What are pronouns? It's time to grow up and get back to work. Introducing the number one woke-free job board in America, redballoon.work. Welcome back to the Liberty Lounge with Tim Tyso. Thank you everybody for joining us for this special Canada Day edition of the show. Please, if you haven't already, like and subscribe and share the show with your friends. We'd even love it if you would share it with somebody that you don't like to. All our shows, as you know, are produced in partnership with ChristianWeek.org and Liberty Coalition Canada exists to establish Christ's justice and righteousness and to defend those who stand. Christian Week exists to provide practical, balanced, and hope-filled perspectives on national and global issues. So, it appears Canada is coming of age in the ugliest possible fashion. Most of us probably remember or knew somebody who at age 14 decided to set fire to his or her own value system and spread wings to explore the great philosophical unknown in search of some one-of-a-kind mantra for life. This was usually carried out all while eating breakfast Cheerios from dad and mom's perfectly stuffed pantry before heading to school cloaked in the rebel's uniform, a brand new black outfit with the Le Chateau tags still hanging out. <laughs> the only color generally tolerated during this transformative teenage phase was that of some unnatural tone of red, blue, green, or purple in one's hair. For the most part, pity was the, only, was the only appropriate response to these unserious attempts to redefine oneself without respect to his or her upbringing, family traditions, or religious devotion. This was simply a crisis of personal culture and a cry for individual significance. In the scope of world history, Canada has reached about that age. Once a child of the British Empire and an heir to the great Christian traditions that came to us in terms of an impartial and simple legal code, common law, the public voice of the Christian church, security and privacy of property, and of course much more, Canada has become an adolescent bored with the majesty of her parents' legacy, disinterested in the privilege of Christian faith, and not only ignorant of, but indignant toward our own history and upbringing. We're in search in the highest places for a brand new mantra, a one-of-a-kind place in world history. And so far, everyone who is in on it has admitted that there is first quite a bit of burning to do. Museums have begun dismantling displays with colonial themes. Our national anthem is slowly being reconstructed to reflect whatever grievance seems useful. The sexual revolution has been codified in Canada from birth and marriage certificates to criminal code prohibitions against public challenges to these changes. 
Our public schools community programming orbits almost exclusively around normalizing sexual deviancy and experimentation. We could go on. Keeping with our cultural and ethical transformation, our colors are changing as well. Red has become taboo on this journey of self-realization. Just ask Josh Alexander, who was just kicked out of his uh, brother's public graduation ceremony because of his hat. It is apparently too painful a reminder for the revolutionaries of the past they seek to destroy. Orange is the color of white self-loathing that we no longer belong on the land once trod upon by Roman native communities. Green is the color of carbon guilt, taxation and punishment, and of course very cold winters. White has been co-opted as the color of abortion. Yet one place every color is welcome is painted in a six-stripe rainbow on the crosswalk of every compliant town across Canada. Yes, Canada is coming of age, and we are wearing new outfits, and we're very testy about our parents' religion. But one cause for hope to which we must look is that 14-year-olds don't always remain hormonal and irrational people. The Bible says, instruct a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And that is why we speak so often of the privileges we have as a Christian nation, with public Christian culture, and we're calling back all you rebels to embrace significance that can only be found in a true and reconciled relationship with the Creator and God of creation. And one day, many in this culture who were swept up in this ugly experiment will raise their heads from the pig's trough and wonder what's for dinner over at Dad and Mom's. So this Canada Day, we hope that you are flying your red and white, or your red, white, and blue if you're south of the border, and let us celebrate a true Dominion Day by receiving the King who has all dominion and an Independence Day which is born of dependence on God himself. Happy Canada Day or Independence Day to all our beloved listeners. Uh, guys, I hope you're off to a great start this summer. It's been nice, albeit a bit smoky. I was framing <laughs> a house yesterday and the sun looked like one of those orbs from another planet uh, from this drifting smoke. And I think there's a metaphor in there somewhere, but... Uh, guys, it's good to have you back for this summer edition, this candidate edition. Uh, and I'd love, as you're just saying hi to our audience, to just give us a couple words on what Canada Day has always meant to you. Maybe as a kid, what did it feel like in the middle of that summer? What was it like culturally for you? Just say hi and give us just a little insight into your, uh, your experience with Canada Day before we get going. Mike, why don't we go with you? So guys, Canada Day for me, always a little bit of tension. I'm an early to better. And so it was always the tension between fireworks and staying up for it and loathing the fact that we couldn't start the fireworks till like 10 o'clock and that they wouldn't get going and be done till 11. And, and, um, and then also just the positive side of it, you know, always excited to go join the community and a pretty family safe type of environment and so th those are the two things i think of the tension of staying up late and and uh, and and, and almost every family in the community coming out in a very tasteful family environment matt welcome to the show why don't you tell us your experience yeah thanks thanks great to be back um yeah i mean in canada obviously you know uh canada Day kind of represents not only what our 
country was founded upon and uh, just fondly, you know, remembering that in a patriotic fashion, though we're not generally a patriotic country. But it was also as a kid, I'm going to be honest, it was like the opening ceremonies to summer vacation, right? Because June, you wrap up school and then this is kind of the event that kicks off summer vacation and two months of ostensible freedom. Uh, And for me, that was always kind of what was the highlight of of it all less maybe so about um you know canada and its history because obviously that's not taught very well in our schools um but uh, more about like hey sweet i don't have to sit in a classroom for a few months here and i can just do whatever i want type thing but it was always a a great time and a good celebration um for sure andrew good to have you i'm sure you have some kind of uh, spicy take on Canada Day to, to get us going, but what was it like for you? And uh, it's good to be with you on the show. Yeah, so Canada Day for me growing up was basically just fireworks, uh, long weekend, staying up a little bit later. I mean, my my family wasn't particular, still isn't particularly patriotic. Um, I I think that there's a sense in which uh, Italians who came to Canada shortly after the Second World War weren't treated very nicely by some of the native Canadians, which a lot, a lot of, a lot of Europeans have had that same experience. And so there's a sense in which a lot of Italians just kind of secluded themselves in their little ghettos in little Italy or up in kind of the Woodbridge area um, and other, other pockets in Ottawa. And so they just kind of became their own little ecosystem as distinct from Canada. So they never really identified as, Canadians, they would always say they were Italians first. So I kind of grew up in that environment where we're Italians, but hey, it's Canada Day. You get to do some fireworks. So that was essential. It was never really celebrated. It was never very patriotic in my my experience growing up as a kid. Not a... So basic summary, the Italians were the first part of the problem. Right. They would always need their own parade with their right. Corvettes in it. And they, they basically started the whole yeah, journey they, down intersectionalism. They, they, just, they, they just laid the down the infrastructure of the, the country along with other Europeans and then built up <laughs> what we know as big cities and then said, we're going to go do our own thing because you guys keep making fun of us and saying we're in the mafia. And but, but Andrew, is it, this throwing is a, spaghetti at us and stuff. I, I always think this is an interesting <laughs> discussion to have because I think it highlights how um, – actually properly inclusive Canadian society and American society is, right? Like the the fact that um, people in this crazy CRT conspiracy theory can say, oh, this this white hegemony, you know, all this the, these Caucasian groups are are all, you know, banding against, you know, visual minorities. And it's like the real history of it is you had a bunch of different disparate nations all with the same skin color that Despite having now, in all, in all fairness, though, I don't think I have the same skin color as anyone else in <laughs> well, this call. You know, so I, yeah. I, I want to say my Mediterranean kind of olive. Yes. I wouldn't consider myself white. I never, yeah, I, I never think. have. So, so, no. but I hear what you're okay, saying. I I'm hear what give, you're saying. I, I'm going to give the mic back to Tim on this one, but Matt, it's a really good point. The point is, when the World Cup happens. We all start becoming enemies yeah. <laughs> until it's the over. Melting so, pot, okay, Tim, the melting pot fails uh, every World Cup. <laughs> but, man, there is a whole can of worms there, of course, about uh, post-war immigration and the experience mm-hmm. of uh, Eastern Europeans especially coming into Canada, um, the Irish as well. 
Yeah. Uh, so, you know, everyone's got uh, a, a burr in their saddle and a chip on their shoulder. Um, and I'm sure we'll have time to get to all those. But first, I wanted to have some fun, guys, and wanted to spur a little competition. Uh, Matt, you mentioned history not being taught well, so, you know, you might have be treading water here a little bit. Uh, yeah. But I want to do some trivia. It's sort of trivia. It's more of a let's find out where the politics were and are with prime ministers. But I'm going to quote. I'm going to quote for you guys. 10 or so famous Canadian prime ministers, as famous as they can be. Okay. And you guys each have to guess whether it was a liberal or a conservative. And then I'll tell you who it was. Cause I'm more concerned about the political affiliation and how philosophies sort of. Do we get bonus out. points if we can figure out who it is? Yeah. A hundred percent. Now <laughs> right. I did not include drinks, box, drink box, water <laughs> bottle sort of things in there. So the, I, I took down all the low hanging fruit. <laughs> Okay, like speaking moistly and people kind, none of that's going to show up. So you're, you're going to have to hunt to spot the Justin Trudeau quote if it's in there. Um, because, of course, I didn't do all 24 prime ministers or whatever it is. So here we go. Canada Day edition. This is the Liberty Lounge Trivia Lounge. And we're going to start off and you're going to each take a guess and I'm going to award a point to whoever gets it. Of course, it's 50-50, but you got to explain why you chose liberal or conservative. We have had a country that has only ever had liberals or conservatives serve as prime minister. So mm -hmm. you got to explain why you made your pick. So number one, I am a Canadian, free to speak without fear, free to worship in my own way, free to got stand for, for what I think is right, free to oppose what I believe is wrong, or free to choose those who shall govern my country. This heritage of freedom, I pledge to uphold for myself and all mankind. Andrew, you got it? That's Diefenbaker. Oh, okay. So right. there, your guess is a conservative. <clears throat> Why? How, well, so you know that. I'll get to you after. How, yeah. like, what, what would you I know said? that's him. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I would have probably guessed uh, Pearson or Diefenbaker, honestly. Okay. Thiessen? Uh, I'm Googling everything Shut that you up. say using AI. Just AI. I, I'm using AI to come up with a good summary <laughs> paragraph of why I would describe them as a, as a conservative. No, what could go wrong? Um, so, uh, D-Bart, how did you know that so quick? What What is I just know the quote. about this? I just, well, I just know the quote. Okay, well. I know, like, I'm familiar with him having said that. I mean, he's also the... interesting. What's conservative well, about this? What's conservative about this quote? Well, it's, it's interestingly enough... That that quote would be things that we would attribute to classical liberalism, right? Mm -hmm. the, like the classical liberal position would be valuing free speech, freedom to disagree, freedom to one's own convictions. The kind mm -hmm. of it, it highlights for us just how just how extreme the Overton window shift has been. That a once classical liberal position would now be seen as a crazy. <laughs> far-right neo-nazi position yeah. um when in reality that's just a reasonable position so we have it, it's a it's a conservative value in that it recognizes the rights given to us by god and the protection of those rights so it, it's conservative mm -hmm. in that sense but historically like 50 years ago there's no reason why a you know center or left of center liberal in the true sense yeah would, wouldn't have been able to have affirmed that right mm -hmm. i i would I also think it, it shows its head in the idea that he's saying the first person pronoun I and he's attaching the the idea of free to worship God in my own way. I, I don't 
I don't know if I would see the liberals very far. Like you probably have to go way, way back when you might see some of those type of quotes. Like I think, I think I would think a dead giveaway would be talking about religion as a distant, far away concept Mm -hmm. rather than something that a conservative would be trying to either appeal to their audience or, or believe sincerely um, uh, desiring a freedom to worship. So Andrew gets two points because he knew the speaker Oh, Halleck, gonna... <laughs> Halleck gets a point. Andrew's going to win. Although you did say Pearson or Diefenbaker. Pearson was a liberal. Um, y- yes. No, no, no. He came in, he came in like – Yeah, don't so... give me any points. Okay. Halleck says you're – Mike, <laughs> Mike, Mike you're at minus that. one because you can't use AI and you're a loser uh, for uh, using uh, Google. Although I want to I, I wanna just make a point. Uh, you know, in the, the 50s and potentially the early 60s, the classical liberal position that Andrews articulated would have potentially be ha- been mm-hmm. held by, uh, you know, center oh, leftists. Sure. We yeah. didn't even have to and, go that far. And, like and, when, when, no. when Trudeau was when when Justin Trudeau was first elected, there was a liberal MP at the time who expressed uh, who frustration that Trudeau said, "Unless you're pro-choice, you can't be in." My Correct. cabinet and this mm. existing this MP at the time this is 2015. So yeah. this MP, a liberal MT, MP, less than 10 years ago, said, Trudeau. "I'm pro, I'm pro life, mm-hmm. and yep. I I Trudeau should have a place in this party." Trudeau has laid waste to the so-called yeah. centrist and has yeah. brought about where we're at. So yeah. uh, point spread is looking good so far. I would say the most controversial point of that is free to oppose what I believe is wrong. As we know, in some cases, that mm-hmm. is now illegal in Canada. Okay, round two. Mm-hmm. Number two, the best defense of peace is not power, but the removal of the causes of war and international agreements, which I will put, which will put peace on a stronger foundation than the terror of destruction. Mike, we did an episode that kind of touched on this theme uh, a few a month or two back. But Andrew, your guess, liberal or conservative? Hmm. I think I know who that is. No Googling, you jerks. No, no. Okay, I like I'm it. gonna say I'm gonna say I'm gonna say conservative, and then before you reveal the identity, I'm gonna take a guess who I think it is. Okay, Halleck. Okay, what do you got? Conservative. I I believe that is a liberal, and I believe I know who it is. Okay, Tyson. I can see you typing. Like if you Google, I just yeah, you're minus two already. I, I'm, uh, D-Bart, D-Bart, who do you think it is? I, I, I'm going for a full-out You're going, you're going, you're going for a uh, golf score uh, here. Yeah. Um, you're, quoting the Bible and quoting history are two of my weak points, and I just have to <laughs> admit my insecurity. Okay. So, D-Bart, who's, uh, the, who do you, who's your guess at the conservative? Stephen Harper. Okay, that's actually, hmm. a, that's actually an interesting okay. guess. Uh, Matt, okay. who do you got? Okay, I, Matt, Matt gets the guess. I, Matt, Matt the guess. I think guess. Mackenzie King. All right, so... Uh, both wrong. Matt, no, both wrong. Matt I got it right. I got it right. It was Lester B. Lester Pearson, okay. Pearson, the liberal. Okay. Matt, okay. you get a point for liberal. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Uh, I do agree that uh, Harper could have said something like this, but it was Lester B. Pearson. Okay. Uh, Matt, why did you guess liberal? Because that, oh, I, to me, I, was... I picked it for that reason. 
Well, I I was thinking just um, it was it was talking about war and kind of super national treaties and stuff like that. Yes, and I was thinking globalism. in the con it, it, well, but in the context of the first and second world war, I knew Mackenzie King was yep. uh, a prime minister during much of that era. So that is partly why I guess that. So Good it was guess. an educated guess, yep. but not right. <laughs> yep. And uh, DBART, it's kind of a neoconservative kind of, again, global management thing, I think, happening there. Uh, Matt or Mike, you and I did an episode on this in The Nations where we talked about <clears throat> if we can just remove disagreements, we'll get rid of war. It's this idea that we can manage everybody's ambitions um, mm -hmm. and put everybody under sort of the thumb of the global yeah. elite. So I do think that's the seedlings of that modern globalist liberal. Mm -hmm. We're going to keep things moving. Yeah. I'm going to go on to number three. Or, well, I, just, sure. I did. I did. I did want to mention that 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 the quote gives it away that again it's like war itself is negated if we can all just agree but nobody wants to talk about the content right. of the agreement. So I'm going to stop cheating stop and playing? I'm not going to try to get the act. these guys are going to know the names better but I'm going to just try to guess based on the content of the quote. So I'm going to listen more carefully. <laughs> in other to words, you you're going to start playing the game with us rather than type in the first line. He's he's listening more carefully as he just puts his um, phone up to the thing, That's and right. it's text to speech. Right. Yeah, it's, Siri. His it's just Siri on there. Mike has right. finally decided that as a biological male, he should compete in biological male sports. He's he's decided okay. to get off the juice and join us. Uh, here we go. Number three. Number three. This is a short one. Let us be French. Let us be English. But most importantly, let us be Canadian. Hmm. Oh well, I'm gonna say liberal, okay. Matt. And I'm. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm, I feel like any any, you know, that's kind of a pretty benign statement. Uh, I'll say liberal true. too. Yep. Okay. I'm gonna say Trudeau senior. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's that's, that's kind of what I was thinking for sure. Well, I, you guys are all that's, wrong. This was oh. shut your. This Shut is the it. father of crea uh, creation. Sorry, father of confederation. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Right in All right. Father of confederation. This is John A. Macdonald um, okay. saying, "Hey, you know, yeah, we got some French, we got some English, mm -hmm. um, but let us first and foremost be united as a nation." Um, mm -hmm. This is an important sentiment at the beginning of confederation, where we had facts. He bilingual. Uh, I. I don't know if he would have been. Probably not, to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, but certainly a man that united the coasts um, and um, obviously mm -hmm. was an important figure for us. So no points awarded. Sorry, guys. Let's move do on. I get, do I and, get points because he was born in Kingston, where I live? Is that a half a point? No. That's, uh, no, <laughs> no. But okay. you're still in the lead. Um, so here we go. You guys are going to love this one. As a prime minister, my job is not to try and influence or opine on what a leader of a different country should be doing. End quote. Hmm. I, I, I threw this one in there to throw you guys off. None of you are going to get it. I, this very well could be Justin. Because he probably said that when it was inconvenient for his relationships. Jean Chrétien. <laughs> that's my guess. Jean Chrétien. So, so I'll so say a liberal. liberal. I'll say a liberal, and I think it might be Justin. Just because it's not an easy one. And Teason. he probably said that I, about China. I feel like it's a little bit... <laughs> so I just want to talk about the ethics of the game itself here. 
if it's not liberal, you clearly it, you clearly like self imploded the question because the the you know if it's a trick question. We would expect that a conservative would say something like that, or we would hope that a conservative would say something like that. Can you stop acting like, like this that, is that... the princess bride and you're deciding where the poison is? Just pick the cup, man. Thank you. <laughs> pick <laughs> the cup. <laughs> well, I'm going to say I'm going to say it's a liberal just because Tim said that we're you're never going to get it. It won't work. You're trying to get something out of me. It Do you want to pick a name for a bonus question? For a bonus point? You're so a I said behind, Justin Mike. Trudeau. Yeah. He's Vicini. speaking about it's China. It's Vicini, isn't it? Who? It's Vicini. Uh, uh, I, I don't... That, Never go against a Sicilian when death is on the line. Tim doesn't watch. <laughs> Tim doesn't Matt watch gets movies. two points. Tim doesn't Matt watch. gets two points. Mike gets yes. one point, so you're back to even. It was Justin Trudeau, and you, you nailed it. That's probably when something was happening in China. But as soon as Uganda passes a law outlawing homosexuality yes. he has no problem telling a leader can, in another can country i get three points because i knew the exact context <laughs> yeah. i should get uh, three points the point system i'd put mad on the three point two. system midstream mike, wait i get a point though mike mike's still at negative i get five. a point for I guessing liberal right okay. so we're tied i i i do want to i do want to just jump in on that point really quick matt's point's really important because again this is literally a or tim you had said about uganda remember this is a prime minister who everyone um also said like we're gonna be a a, a refuge state for women who want to have abortions mm -hmm. like so so this is a man who just lies, yeah. Yeah. and and it's a very important point that he he absolutely boldface lies almost every single time he's at the podium, yeah. and people just need to realize that because he gets caught doing. And these types people of people ahead, get really Tim. frustrated at Andrew and I that we point that out. Do I? Uh, wait a second. Here, here, this this is all that matters to me. I get a point for guessing the right political party, right? Yes, you do. Yes. So you're three. Right. So you and Matt are tied. I am awarding Matt a bonus point for the context. Um, yes, four three, um, four three. No, 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 it's three three. <laughs> no, uh, that would be four three. I'm oh, sorry, four three three. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, you guys are gonna on. like this Let's one. <clears throat> wait, wait, wait. What, like this what, what is this? this Umpire be... changing his decision. What is <laughs> going on? Stand this on is... conviction, Tim. Um, you guys are gonna like this one. I think there's a lot of points up for grabs here. There is no okay. quote. There is no such thing as a model or ideal Canadian. What could be more absurd than the concept of an all Canadian boy or girl? A society which emphasizes uniformity is one which creates intolerance and hate. Oh. Liberal or conservative? Oh, my goodness. Oh. oh well, you can't laugh like that again. It's like... It's my I, game. It's I, my I, game. I was going to try to guess conservative. I was going to try to guess... I was going to say conservative, and I was going to just shoot out there with a Brian Mulroney. That's a yeah, good guess, I actually, actually. I actually. I actually think it might be Brian Mulroney. <laughs> Well, no, but his little like giggly girl giggle uh, leads. It, it, it's it can't I'm be all. It's got to be another I'm liberal. Head, Mike, I'm in your head. It's got to be another liberal who literally believed the opposite thing, like was doing double speak. But I guess conservative Brian Mulroney. I, I think you're guesses. right, Mike. D Bart, yeah, I got? think you're right. Can you say the quote one more time? Yes, I would be happy to. There is no such Pete thing. Campbell? Oh, as I, I a don't model. know. This, this is, is like we've never had a rules. There is no such thing as a model or ideal Canadian. What could be more absurd than the concept of an all-Canadian boy or girl? A society which emphasizes uniformity is one which creates intolerance and hate. 
Is that Pierce? Is that Pierce Senior? I'm going to say Pierce Senior. That's got. Is that is that just two points for Andrew? Two points for Andrew. It is. That sounds like that. That sounds exactly like the sort of thing that that he would say. Yep, because there was nothing more intolerant to the, and he is the archetypal modern liberal. There is nothing Mm -hmm. more intolerant uh, that these people of are than than a than an agreed upon culture. Or an agreed upon yeah. set of values. Their their highest goal is to fragment society into as many valid interpretations and valid lifestyles as can possibly be, because it decentralizes a binding culture. It fragments yeah. people. It's destructive. I, I'm and not course, surprised is, that he said that. Sure, like, but Mulroney right? was a great guess. I, I yeah, yeah. He, I think you actually probably said that in the. Uh, uh, the Antichrist in his ruin video. There's a potential that that quote was utilized <laughs> in that documentary because the more that the more that you think about it, that enough. makes sense. The the thing about it is it's always double speak because what they want is Stop uniformity. Yes, Com- I think oh, it's sort of paraphrasing J- uh, Jacob Ray who said something like that. Well done, uh, Matt, uh, Andrew's back in the lead, six to yeah. four, I think. No, five four, five Sorry. four. Somebody Come else can score. It's five four. <laughs> Mike, uh, you're you you got to get in there. Uh, okay, yeah, here we go. Fine. You have to look at history as an evolution of society. You have to look at history as an evolution of society. Hmm. Have to look at history as an evolution of society. Mike, don't look it up. I see those He's fingers doing, moving. He can't help it. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I am not looking it up. I promise. Oh man. I definitely I think it's a liberal. I don't know who though. Um or that could have been Mulroney too cuz he's such a squish. We've talked he's, about that political that, that's, theory it, it's, recently. It's 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 it gets really hard after like once you get into like after repatriation, after the patriation takes place, uh it gets really hard to distinguish between the conservatives and the liberals. Interesting um, point, yep. Ah. Log your guesses. Register your answers. Okay, yeah. Sorry, we got to answer. Um, evolution. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Restate uh, uh, re- again. You have to look at history as an evolution of society. I'm going to say Paul Martin liberal. I haven't guessed him yet. Anybody else? I'm going to go with. Uh, I'm going to go Jean Chrétien. Teason? It's hard to get guess Chrétien without the accent in the quote, right? Jean like, Chrétien. <laughs> I don't think I ever heard him the, say anything regular. A, a, I think Johnny McDonald had a British accent, so... Um, you have to look at history as an evolution. Oh, oh, this society. might actually be older. Mm, ah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking older simply because I'm I'm thinking like this could be early Pearson. 19th century, like the infatuation with with evolutionary theory, like Social getting its, getting its start. Yeah, like historicism, right? That's I'm gonna go. Hmm. I'm gonna go Mackenzie okay. King. Two more points for Debart. It was Jean Chrétien. Oh, jeez. Oh, come on. Like, if you're just going to pick all the most recent liberal no. guys, it's no. not. I, I get no. one point, though. I just yeah, want to say point. that yep. I said so liberal. I, I don't know what the score yeah. is, but you guys are doing it's, well. Uh, Mike, you're it's, still He's 7-5 seven, seven, now okay, for Andrew. Okay, great. He's doing really well. Okay. We got one more. Three more. Three more, so guys. Three more. Oh, my goodness. Three more. 
I think the government... So as long as I guess whatever Matt guesses, I'm guaranteed to win. So well, I'm going to guess whatever Matt guesses. I think right. the yeah. government has to reposition environment on the top of their national and international priorities. Stephen Harper. Oh, yeah, I'm going Harper for sure. Harper, Harper, Matt, what do you got? Uh, well, I was I was kind of thinking the same, but now, like, do I strategically guess something else? Because then <laughs> you got a great. No, I'll just I'll guess Harper. It, it doesn't matter. Harper. We're going we're into a bonus good. round. We'll you all, the you bonus all get a round. point. It was a conservative, but it was Brian Mulrooney. Mm. It was Mulrooney. Dang yeah. it! I should have... uh, Mulrooney is a squish. I hate yeah. that guy. All right, two more rounds. So you're all get a point, Mike. I think you're in the positive now. Quote, yeah, there we go. <laughs> the people. I don't think I actually am. I think I'm still a negative okay. one. That's the only other point I got, and I got negative Eight, two on the first six. one. Okay, just to be honest, you. should have gone with someone Quote, else. Damn. The people of Canada do not wish, as a result of mass immigration, to make a fundamental alteration to the character of our population. Large-scale immigration from the Orient would change the fundamental composition of the Canadian population. Ooh. So he said Orient. So this is yeah. this. We're going back away here. Yep. Right. Yeah. Even though I still say Oriental as a way of separating a certain part of Asia from the brown part of Asia. Right. Like I, I think that's a helpful, I think that's a helpful, I think it's a helpful distinction personally. Sure. Right. Like I, I'm with you. there's a lot of things we say on this show. That oh, yeah, yeah. It, it, that, that comment goes all the way back to the very beginning so, of our conversation. So I, where I'm guessing a liberal we, we so often think, well, wait a minute. I, we, we we so often think that Asians are all just one big unified group when, you know, Koreans get frustrated when we don't recognize the difference between a, a, a Korean and someone from North China or Southern China. Like, it, it it just goes back to the – Andrew's point's well taken. Like, we we get so overworked about these silly things when yeah. typically people in Canada still use the word Chinese when they're talking about a language and uh, – there, there is, there is no Chinese language in the sense Correct. of something referred to Chinese. It's either, you know, Mandarin or Cantonese, right? So, okay, all right, go uh, ahead. Um, yeah, so I'm guessing a liberal, and I think it's either Mackenzie King or Wilfred Laurier. Well, you got to pick one. I'll, I'll go Mackenzie King. Matt, what do you got? Or sorry, Andrew, what do you got? Yeah, because that's something a liberal. That's something a liberal would have said outside yes. of fifty years ago, Laurier. And I'm just wow. No, 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 no. They would have said it while they yeah. did it. Uh, I'm gonna say Wilfred, <laughs> Wilfred Laurier. Oh shoot, Mike, you said he took the other one. Right, I'm, I, 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 I'm going out on a ledge here because I'm so far behind. <laughs> uh, Kim, 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 Kim Campbell. Campbell. Nicely done. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Harper. <laughs> Kim Campbell. Kim. Mike, I'm going to give Mike a point just for chutzpah, just for swinging bait. <laughs> My goodness. Um, no further points awarded. You're disqualified from the game. Uh, uh. D-Bart gets a point for a liberal, and Maddie gets two points once again for yes. guessing William Lee and Mackenzie King. And again, yeah. just fascinating to see, again, more than 50 years ago for a liberal to yeah. say that there is a fundamental character to the Canadian population worth preserving. Mm -hmm. That is an extinct mm -hmm. idea now. Um, and so again, I, part of the fun of this game is to show our mm. listeners how far the Overton window has shifted. Yeah. Compare the, that quote with uh, uh, Trudeau senior, right? 
compare that quote with Trudeau senior. Yes, there is no completely ideal opposed. That's right. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, and as well, uh, I remember Stephen Harper in a debate almost 10 years ago now, he used the phrase old stock Canadians and he was roasted in the media for acknowledging mm-hmm. that there was an old Canadian culture that stands and can be identified as something. And that was the mm-hmm. last time that was ever publicly acknowledged in Canada, that there would be a, a core Canadian identity. Okay, final quote. Matt, you're doing really well. Andrew can take it back um, with a Hail Mary here. Quote, I think it's 9-8. <laughs> Faith teaches that there is a right and wrong beyond mere opinion or desire. More importantly, Ooh. or sorry, most importantly, it teaches us that freedom is not an end in itself. That is how freedom as exercised matters as much as freedom itself. Ooh. A meaty quote. Faith. So wait, what, hold on. Before this, qu- quickly though, what's the score? Who's in the lead? Matt's, Matt's not in the lead, is he? No, it's year 9-8. All right. Okay. Okay. Faith uh. teaches us that there is a right and wrong beyond mere opinion or desire. Most importantly, it teaches us that freedom is not an end in itself. That is, how freedom is exercised matters as much as freedom itself. Oh, man. This Sir is, Wilfrid this... Laurier. That's it. That's boom. Stake in okay. the ground. Okay, I like it. I like it. Here we go. Wilfred Laurier, okay. Sir Wilfred Laurier. For a liberal. Okay. Mike's over there thinking, that's got to be Stephen Harper, right? I was actually thinking Laurier as well, but I don't, I haven't read enough of him to know. Just because I have to, like, I was thinking. Like that, it sounds like Egerton Ryerson as an educational philosopher, like in, in the, in the sense of that, that era, that, that, that sounds like that era. I'm, which is, uh, I'm going to late 18. Oh, but if I do the only this, way I you win, win, Matt, the only way you win is if it's a conservative and you guess correctly. If it's yes. a liberal, we tie if you're wrong. The, it's it's the, Laurier. The, I, I'm guessing Laurier, the, too. It's 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 the right time period. Okay, I, so I'm just I'm not going to guess Laurier. Mike, you can't, uh, Matt, you can't go wrong guessing what you truly believe is the right answer. I, I'm, I'm not going to guess Laurier um, because I want a, a chance. I, I will guess a liberal, though, so we can possibly tie. I'll say Alexander McKenzie. Final answer. Mike, did you give an answer? Yes, he said Laurier. Okay. Well, you're all wrong. Is my mic not working? So Andrew wins. This was perhaps, well done, congratulations, Andrew. This was perhaps the finest quote maybe publicly we ever heard from Stephen Harper. Mm. I told you to guess Harper, Mike. So, yep. Yeah, so did. the point, I the point, the, the, I should have done the le- that. The lesson that here, the, the lesson that here is the that the, the one person who grew ah. up in the most unpatriotic, not Canada-loving family, whose family was on the receiving end historically of all sorts of slander from native Canadians, oh, ended up beating <laughs> all the Canadians. Is yeah. that the point? Where's here? my tiny right. violin? Okay, <laughs> well done. No, but the point is, the yeah. point is that it's I beat just, all the Canadians. It's like a dive in yes. soccer. Yeah, it's just like a right. dive in soccer. Congratulations, and thank you everyone for playing. Mike, you were the most entertaining candidate. Uh, Matt, mm. you were great with your history. Andrew, very yeah. um, uh, insightful, and I appreciate you guys all playing. Now, 
Let's talk. We a didn't agree bit. to this game, so uh, well, you're I'm lucky come you up got with a lot more games. It. Give you guys each a chance. <laughs> uh, I'll do a game where you have to interact with AI, and maybe Mike will be able to come out on top on that one. Oh, I still won't be able to keep up. Are you talking? Yeah. Are you serious? Like, no, I'm just the old okay. guy who he's yeah. the old, he's the old stock podcaster. <laughs> so it's guys. Canada Day is tomorrow, and you know people are. Wondering what to do with this celebration. Uh, people are obviously, especially our audience, is concerned about the state of the nation. Um, let's talk a little bit about what's been in the news um, and sort of formulate a patriotic, a Christian conservative patriotic reaction to some of what's going on right now. Uh, it wouldn't be the Liberty Lounge without a bit of current events. So um, would love for you guys to bring out what you've been reading and we'll discuss a little bit. Um, I can throw something up, or I know you guys have, have some big stuff. Uh, you Liberty Lounge guys have your finger on the pulse pretty good. So go ahead if you've got something. Well, I, okay, I, I feel like I need to to put my best foot forward here just to recover a bit and then let you guys have yeah. some fodder <laughs> to, uh, to go. Um, obviously, one of the things I wanted to discuss on the lounge is the concept of reconciliation. Um. You know, I you're you're seeing it all over, all over the news. You know, we're looking at you know National Post articles on June sixteenth, twenty twenty three. Canada needs legal tools to fight residential school denialism. Report says, and we're we're talking about you know uh, Kimberly Murray, you know, making that call in an in in a, in a report when she was appointed as a, an advisory role to Ottawa uh, to help Indigenous communities search for children who died and disappears f- from residential schools. So, so we have this ongoing discussion in Canada. And the, I, think the, I think the heart of the matter is, is are, we, are we truly about reconciliation or, are we, um, or, or do Canadians need to recognize this as... Uh, as a political weapon, as a as a fundraising tool, are we really about reconciliation? What does reconciliation look like, or are we about a, a big old stick that nobody wants to talk about? So, Tim, even at the beginning, you know, when we're when we're mocking each other about you know world Cup issues, when we're laughing about the Italians, the Italians are talking about their treatment. Like it's an ongoing discussion about people wronging other people and reconciliation is a real thing that needs to be grappled with. Um, but we've got, we, we've got the, we, the Overton window now moving. We're going to use that, I guess, a lot this week because we're we, political speak. We're, we're talking about an advisory role, uh, creating a report that would be asking for legal remedies uh, to deal with people who who want to push back on all of the misgivings that are being stated about the residential schools. So the, obviously there's some historical truth there, and then there's ob- obviously some uh, some historical reconstructionism or or deconstruction of actual history. I think it's a good conversation to have about number one, what do we believe about the facts, and number two, then what is reconciliation. So there's a good, I, I kind of throw that out there. I have, I have some answers yep. for reconciliation there's later a, on after there's a helpful got... connection there, Mike to Canada day. Um, as we know, two years ago, 
um, there was the so-called discovery of these um, grave uh, grave sites outside of residential school sites. And as a result, the Canadian government put its flag at half mast and it stood there for, I think, five months or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and Canada Day was literally canceled. Um, mm-hmm. And so we it marched. It was canceled in Winnipeg. It was uh, canceled in Ottawa, yeah. which is, our, of course, yeah. our capital. And we marched um, mm-hmm. from the bridge, the Mackenzie King Bridge, to the Supreme Court lawn. And we held our own private citizens' um, Canada Day celebration. And, Mike, I remember the snowbirds flying overhead in the middle of your speech, uh, which I just thought was this incredible moment. Um, <clears throat> but that, the whole idea there was that Canada was going to be in mourning that Canada was going to mm-hmm. lower the mast and remain in a condition of mourning, which would preclude any celebration of our history, mm-hmm. which is what Canada Day is. It's our uh, signature of our independence from the British Empire, at least in a, in a, in a certain um, sense, a certain civic sense. So reconciliation, have we made any progress since then? Because again, we, we know we mourned. Um, and of course, we, and now we've got this connection to the idea that you're not allowed to challenge the narrative on these graves. So is mm-hmm. that part of yeah, offering I, peace to the natives to, to say, hey, we're going to put anybody in jail who dares question whether or not there are graves uh, there or not, which, of course, no evidence has been presented that there mm-hmm. is. Yeah, and yeah, I actually just want to comment on that really quick because you said, have we moved anywhere? And I just want to lay the landscape of this article from the Post so you, so you get that. In this report, it is citing um, uh, – it is those – 250 uh, supposed un- 215 supposed unmarked graves in Kamloops, and just to be very clear, the article says the findings garnered international media attention, but there has been no conclusive findings, and that area is been has been restricted. And Murray, the person who's given this report, is saying, you know, some people came in the middle of the night carrying shovels and they, they wanted to say, we want to see for ourselves. And then they go, denialists also attacked the community on social media. Mm-hmm. So they want to legally silence anybody questioning with a lack of evidence presented. Mm-hmm. So that's just where we are at. We're still talking about that same situation in Kamloops with no movement. Uh uh, years later. Yeah. Go ahead, Matt. Well, I, I was just going to say, we're, we'll link in the description below just for everybody to watch. You did an extended episode about the residential schools and the, these supposed mass graves and what have you with James Pugh, and I think that's very ins- helpful for people to listen to because the crazy part is the more you actually dig into the story, the more you no pun intended. Uh, well, yeah, no pun intended. Yeah, um, you, the more you realize it's it's total bunkum. It's it's total BS. It's it's it, this is the premier example example of narrative arc fitting. Is you have this narrative that you're trying to establish that um, these residential schools were on uh, mass killing children. Uh, Aboriginal children who were going there. Um, and here we have the graves to prove it. But then when, when you are asked to prove it, actually, you won't, you won't do the hard work to prove it. You'll just use these really unreliable um, it, it, new technologies that can't really distinguish what they're actually seeing to suggest that there's part, you know, there's been thus many hits on the, the finder. Therefore, 
we can just assume that they're children's bodies and then that you can create an entire mass political movement that hasn't worked before. Um, you, you can reflame that. And then that leads to into into like integrating into the normal Canadian conversation, all these ideas of Marxist post-colonial theory um, that are wrapped up in, in all this narrative. And then what do you have? Well, in light of all these mass graves, so-called, you had people canceling Canada Day. Um, and that happened in 2021, in some places in 2022. And there was municipalities across Canada who tried to do that this year. Interestingly enough, though, many of the municipalities who tried to do that had to... Um, step back from doing it because there was such outcry from people uh, concerning it. So it's interesting to see that there's pushback, but it's also really alarming that we could place so-called residential school denialism on the same scale as some something like the Holocaust, which we have ample evidence of, which clearly took place. It, you know, it's we have overwhelming evidence, but they won't even show us evidence. But if you do not believe the narrative that they're putting forward now, our government is suggesting you ought to be criminally public or er, punished for not believing a narrative. That is where we are at, and that is super concerning for Canadians. So I think it's I think it's helpful to get a little technical in in defining what reconciliation is, because I think, mm -hmm. like like the idea of forgiveness, I think it's a term that is a biblical term that has yes. meaning that's been co opted by people to mean something it doesn't. So reconciliation, essentially, is two parties are separated. There's a gap between them. And reconciliation is the process of building a bridge between them so the two parties can be reunited or reconciled, right? So there's a gap separating. Reconciliation is building the bridge, uniting them together. And reconciliation involves both party one saying, I am sorry for what I have done. Please forgive me. And party two says, I forgive you for what you've done, and I'm not going to hold it against you. That's reconciliation, right? And it is a it is a biblical thing. And so Western culture, built upon biblical principles, values true reconciliation. When you sin against your brother, you go and ask for forgiveness, confess your sin, be reconciled to him, where you can both agree. It's not that we forget, but we're not going to hold this against each other. We're going to move on in relationship. That's true reconciliation, which is a Western biblical principle. The problem in our current cultural moment, so that's America, the United States, and the West, is that this cultural behemoth, this neo-Marxist, neo-pagan monster, wants to devour Western culture, and they don't actually want reconciliation. It's, it's, not, it's not that they want a false reconciliation. What they want is they want endless grievances. There's no forgiveness. They want perpetual repentance for something that people haven't even done. They don't actually want to offer reconciliation. It's just a cycle of penance and grievances, and you'll never be able to do enough to be reconciled. And it's not because reconciliation is impossible from our end. It's because this cultural monster doesn't want reconciliation. So, well, I, and just just really quickly, they define reconciliation as the redistribution of shares in a society, whether power or money. 
right? That's their view of reconciliation, so, which isn't reconciliation. Well, and, and on that point, and and on that point, th this is where this is where again they've stolen from the Christian worldview and then twisted it. The the the, the steal. If we were to look in the Old Testament and if we were to look in uh, our scriptures, we would find that reconciliation, if there was a wrong done, if there was a theft committed, reconciliation would have included some form of payback, sort of retribution. So, so we, can look at, we can look at scriptures like um, Exodus 22.1, if a man steals an ox or a sheep and slaughters it or sells it, he must pay back five head of cattle for the ox and four sheep for, for and four sheep for the sheep. So, so there is an element, and when we look in the sacrificial system, the difference between a a sin offering and a guilt offering, the sin offering being uh, an affront to God and God alone, the guilt offering uh, having an implication that I am I'm now I'm I'm I am um, sacrificing for forgiveness from God for a sin I committed against someone else. Apart the guilt offering, the differences of there was a payback to the individual. And so now in our Canadian legal system, we just incarcerate people rather than encouraging them to pay back. And so I just want to I want to throw it out there. Denialism is not true. Nobody's denying that these residential schools existed. They they existed. They opened in 1840 and they ended in 1966. There's Nobody that I would speak to would be denying that there were particular uh, wrongs done at certain times with individuals, but true reconciliation would be bringing some type government or individual uh, rest, uh, retribution, uh, some type of one-time payment to an individual to, 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 to be a part of that bridge that Andrew mentioned. And then the other individual, as we've talked about, needs to say, great, I needs to accept the payment, needs to accept a, a finality to it, and then we're talking about a, a movement to move forward. Mm -hmm. So I'll throw it back yeah. to you, Tim, uh, so on that. So there's a couple things, guys, that you brought up that I appreciate. Um, and one is the, the, the pushing, the, the actual deferring of real reconciliation uh, because it perpetuates the process. And when you are the favored party in the process, uh, you don't want to bring finality to it because you're kind of enjoying the spotlight. It's like when one of my kids is being uh, disciplined, the others kind of want to let it go on. They, they kind of like watching the one sibling be punished or put in a corner or whatever it is. Um, but as soon as it turns to them, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I just want to move on. Right. So. Uh, there's a, this defer, this deferral that's happening, and I would also like to point out, and I'd like to turn this toward um, the what was at the base of the residential schools, and then kind of compare that to what's going on today. Because um, there's just pulling up some stuff here. Um, there's a there's a commission released in 1845 called the Bagot Commission, which was a study on how to exert colonial control and eradicate the indigenous population. It proposed separating indigenous children from their parents to more successfully assimilate them. And part of the so-called Truth and Reconciliation Project is to educate people so that, quote, atrocities like this never <clears throat> take place in the future. Now, what is the atrocity that they're speaking of? Is it that their culture was not allowed to flourish on its own? Or is it that children were not allowed to remain with their parents or some combination of both? Because if you look at modern culture today, the Canadian government 
and provincial governments are still doing this to parents and families. They are still separating off children from their parents in order to eradicate their culture. Mm -hmm. We see this in that pride events are not optional anymore. You can't opt out of these cultural ceremonies anymore. Uh, you mm -hmm. can't opt out of the um, pronoun use in, in schools now. You need to fully participate in the new cultural revolution. And this is all mandatory. So mm -hmm. it's, it's heavily ironic. And it's not to minimize the suffering of indigenous families that took place in the 1800s. But it's to mm -hmm. say that it's really ironic that as early as seven years ago, they were saying, we need to make sure this never happens again. Yet it's happening on an ongoing basis. Again, what was part of the yeah. reaction to this um, initial finding of the Kamloops site? It was the burning of at least 12 churches across Canada. So mm -hmm. is there going to be like a... Four, it was like four, it was something like 48 churches, a huge number right. of churches. So, so in 100 years, is there going to be a truth and reconciliation project between the federal Canadian government and Christians? If we, can establish, an, if we can establish a Christian nation, maybe. Right. So there's <laughs> a grievance. So there's a, there's a, no, yeah, there's we, no reconciliation happening. There is a yeah, further divide yeah. being placed in between Canadian people. Um, mm. So again, reconciliation feels further away than it ever has. Yeah. Uh, because you're creating because, new you're creating new divides all the time yeah. because there's no agreed upon culture in which everybody's going to participate and I know yeah. that it offends people but there there mm -hmm. has to be sort of a cultural consensus well well and and to Andrew's point they don't want absolution eh they're not moving towards that goal so it's just the re you know hashing up of historical uh, grievances and the the thing about history is it's in the past so it turns out if you are historically quote unquote marginalized you'll always historically be marginalized right, <laughs> right? like it, there is no absolution there because it's just something that's happened in the past um, but we're very selective on what type of marginalize, marginalization we will actually use as the predicate to mass redistribute power and wealth in society and those which we won't. It's also um, worth noting that perpetual victimhood gives people power and mm -hmm. neo-Marxists are all about power and domination yes. and control. And mm -hmm. the, the, what's counterintuitive is their victimhood status gives yes. them power over people, yeah. which is why they're not willing to give it up, which is why, for example, mm -hmm. I remember seeing this about a year ago, someone like Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith together, their combined net worth is something like $330 million. Her, mm -hmm. her net worth alone is $30 million, but she can still do her podcast saying that she is oppressed, that she is a victim mm -hmm. because she recognizes there is a currency more valuable than actual money. Mm -hmm. And that currency is victimhood status, yeah. which gives you a power and wealth over other people that you don't want to give up, which is why yeah, they won't have yeah, the, reconciliation. The victimhood, the, victimhood, the victimhood status is the pathway to the money. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's the other side of it's, this. The, the reality of it is, is this is an ongoing paycheck that, mm -hmm. that never ends. I do want to go back to Tim's point, though, Tim, where you connected that the government is still doing this. I think this is where the sad reality of them forcing and calling people uh, residential school deniers, I think an appropriate view of the situation is actually beneficial for all. That, that, that I, I'm a homeschooling dad. I don't ever want the government to come in. Now, again, these residential schools were in, in, 
in, in part and for the majority started as a community effort with parental agreement. And when the government then took a heavier hand on it is when you started seeing this, you know, these 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 children being taken from their parents. But a lot of these initiatives were partnered with the indigenous community and the church and uh, and the, the state came in as a third player. So I just want to leave you with this point that we Christians can have an appropriate view of the residential school situation and say we don't want the government taking children from anyone, even if that's a Christian, like, certainly if that's a Christian nation. The, the government, it's not the government's role to take children away and to try to educate children. Um, we need to stand with all families and leave that family sphere alone. And of course, just through the proclamation of the gospel and people responding to that, having an opportunity for, you know, to lead their families that way, it's, it's, it's totalitarian overreach no matter who it's targeting, parents need to raise their kids and the government needs to stay out of it. Example in New Brunswick of the premier, just, yeah. just quickly, who said that children exactly. under, the age of, under the age of 16 who want to change their name for the purposes of recording and management or who want to change their gender, mm -hmm. children under the age of 16, their parents must be informed. And you would think yeah. that anyone who despises the residential school system would say, well, of course— mm -hmm. Of course, you can't usurp parental authority. Parents need to be informed. You can't. But who was at the tippy top of complaining about it and throwing out crocodile tears and talking about the injustice? Well, none, none other than our I'll prime guess. hypocrite, our prime hypocrite himself, <laughs> was yeah. saying how I insane this was. I'm like, what? what like, wait a minute, you. No. Yeah. You can't, exactly. you can't have it both ways, but they can yeah. because exactly. it and gives power and because it means there's no reconciliation and because they get to tell the rest of us to shut up because we're nothing mm -hmm. more than a bunch of white, Christian, heterosexual, cis-normative, able-bodied, English-speaking, middle-class. All right, Christians. land the plane. Tim asked us to land the plane. Yeah. We all got to land the well, plane. I was, Tim, I, I was just, well, I, I was just going to say real, like just picking, piggybacking on that. The real tragedy is is seeing children as wards of the state. And yeah. that is something that is disastrous. No matter what culture you're from, no matter what race or religion you're from, the second that children are seen as the product and wards of the state in which they need to be molded in the image of the state, that is the disaster waiting to happen. Let me summarize it this way. And this is, you guys have said it so well. Let me summarize it this way. This is the view on, on children. Children are safe with the government when the government hates God. But children are in grave danger when the government proposes to be Catholic or Christian. That's essentially the, summer, the summary statement. It, it, it's not about who the children are with. It's about what those people believe. Now, we agree that the mm. children don't belong with the state, regardless of the religious viewpoints. But the yeah. hypocrisy of the prime minister, I mean, hypocrisy is such a weak word, but the this, this snake-like <laughs> evil to, uh, forked tongue that he speaks with, um, mm -hmm. that, that the state should absolutely house and hide and segregate children from their parents if the parents don't conform to the government's view on sexual revolution. Again, mm -hmm. simply par for the course, but Canadians have got to wake up. And if there's anything left uh, working in our democratic levers, um, you've got to change the direction of this country politically. 
um, so that this stuff is not spewing into the, the ocean of our culture like a toxic um, waste pipe for any longer than it has to. Um, guys, I just want to close with uh, a question because we always want to build people up. And of course, you know, th I think we've shown that um, there is a culture of silencing. There's a culture of <laughs> you laugh. People love this show. Okay. They feel inspired. All right. Let's, let's I don't know if they always walk away. Feeling uplifted like, like wings. I don't know if anybody ever walks away feeling hopeful. I get those emails. I get those emails all the time. People are like, hey, we're going we're gonna to fight and homeschool yeah. our kids and start I, a farm. So, <clears throat> praise I, the Lord. I, I, praise I the it. Lord. So I want to close with this question, guys. Um, because, you know, obviously we've shown that there, there, is a, there is a culture that's working against you if you are willing to defy the cultural narrative. So the, the, the deck is stacked against you, let's say. Um, we are more divided as Canadians than we've ever been. Um, mm -hmm. This Canada Day, we can't just sit around and sing Kumbaya and pretend like there is some deep Canadian identity that we just need to get back to because it is largely destroyed and decimated because of the evacuation of faith um, amongst mm -hmm. our people. So if you're talking to our audience, I want to ask the question, how to live as a Canadian in a divided culture, in the culture we live in now, give us one or two tips for living as a Canadian, building a Canadian culture, going from here as we wrap up this Canada Day celebration. Whoever's ready can jump in and then I'll close. Yeah, I, I mean, I think as Canadians, those who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it. Um, if we don't really know the founding values and vision for Canada, we can't really have a clear-eyed vision on how to move forward, uh, on what to do, what was good, and what was not good, what we need to improve on. And um, we always have to look at the history of Canada and judge it on the against the standard and the lens of, of the scriptures. Um, so I, I think that's very well said when Mike says, let's, let's look full force at the, at the history of residential schools. Let's say this was, this is how it started. This was its initial intention. This is where it really went wrong. Here's some of the things that were done that were terrible, no good, very bad. How do we anal analyze that in light of the scriptures and what it teaches about proper education, the roles of these different spheres and, and the responsibility of them? Those are the things we need to think about. And we honestly, as Canadians, need to think more foundationally than we, we normally do, right? We want to have debates about different policy procedures in Canada, but the real differences, and this is why we're, the divide seems greater, is because we have two nations. We're, we're a kingdom divided against itself. We have two separate visions of what the nation ought to be living within the nation. And strangely enough, we're never really getting beneath the floorboards and we're never having the foundational conversations that we need to have. And I, I think as conservatives, if we really want to have those conversations, then we've got to have those conversations. When I was working with CCBR, we would always, 
in our conversational strategy, we would always strategize how to move the conversation from different circumstances that people have in their mind that would justify abortion to what are we dealing with in abortion, to, to the actual life of that developing human being. Because when you're talking about what is that human being at that stage of development, that's a conversation that we can always win. And as conservatives, we have to change the political conversation, not from just isolated um, aspects of society, not through just isolated um, problems we might be facing, but say, we have to choose this day, Canada, what society we want from the for the future. This crazy libertine socialistic society that destroys wealth and destroys freedom? Or do we want to get back to a society founded on principles that are immutable, unchangeable, that have proven that they stand through the test of time and lead to the most vibrant, flourishing, dynamic societies in all of human history. Those are the conversations we need to be having with our loved ones, with our church members today and moving forward in the future. So we're just not reactionaries. We're principled conservative Christians with a vision towards the future. Uh, you might be one of those prime ministers I'm quoting on this show in 20 years. Oh. Uh, for my new host of the Liberty <laughs> Lounge. Well said. Thank you uh, for your contribution to Canada Day celebration. Andrew, Mike, what do you guys have uh, to close us out? I saw Mike putting his finger up before. Did you have, was that your way of saying I have, I'm next or was that your way of saying? Well, I, I really appreciated how Matt started that, that point. And I, maybe I just want to give it a hearty here, here with it. Um, my my first thought was we need to think as Christians again and anywhere you go, anywhere you live, the concept of Canadian is up for grabs because nobody knows what a Canadian is. Um, but we do know and we can know what it what the scriptures tell us to be like as a Christian. And so Christians need to. Like I was just listening to a, uh, an interview with John F. Kennedy Jr. about vaccines, and and the the questions were so loaded. Sorry, and sorry, he, you said John. You meant Robert. Sorry, I did say John. My, my bad, Robert. Robert Kennedy Jr. Um, thanks. Um, uh, the questions were so loaded, and the responses were so um, manufactured that his deep reflection in data and philosophy and medical ethics, he basically had to get to the very end of it, do all of that work, be completely disregarded, and then have a, a punchy a, a, like a, a punchy line to just silence his opposition, like 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 a like an to just, because they weren't listening, and so we Christians just need to be able to think very deeply, because we're going to have to speak through a lot of conversations where people aren't listening, and that's to Matt's point is that includes this a, a really good look at history and being very careful. So think deeply as a Christian and dig into you know, uh, uh, God's word and history and, uh, do that with an understanding that, that you're, you're going to have to be doing that for a while while all of the, 
you know, headless horsemen run around uh, claiming your life and, and threatening your life. So I'm uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this a little bit of a different way, and I think that the way to be Canadian in a culture of division, and then I'll I'll, I'll qualify it is to drive the wedge of truth deeper into the heart of it and to increase the division. Now let me let me let me explain that. Um, there is no unity with Christ and Belial. There is no union with light and darkness. There is no way to bridge a gap to find this happy harmony with haters of God unless they come to faith in Christ, in which we can link arms with them. But I, I, I agree with Matt that it seems that there's, you know, there's two nations, but I would say there's, there's more than that, right? Because I think right now in the Canadian climate, you have one nation which is a woke, Marxist, tyrannical, super leftist idea of Canada. But you also have this other idea that's emerged, which is a godless, libertarian pseudo-conservative vision of Canada, and I don't want either of those. I want to take the acts of truth and drive it heart into, drive it, drive it deep into the heart of the log and split those two off and then expose what we need, which is a truly Christian conservatism. So I think the way to live in division isn't to try to hold everyone's hand and say, no, 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 we can, we can make this work. Let pluralism, pluralism has failed us. Multiculturalism has failed us. I think we need to stand on truth and a principled biblical foundation, which will, I mean, this is what Jesus said, right? I didn't come to bring peace, but a sword. I came to drive a family against itself that those who love others more than me are not worthy of me. And so this, this is, this is that kind of icky part where Christians have to be honest about the fact that truth divides and we need to try to rally people around truth. We need to proclaim truth. We need to stand on truth. But that will necessarily mean increasing the divide between light and darkness, between truth and lies. And so we, need, we can't be afraid to, like I said, push that wedge of truth further down into it, which will polarize. Right? Our job is not to try to be winsome and make everyone happy together. Our job is to bring that which is true to the table and trust that the Lord will accomplish his purposes through our principled position. Now, there's ways we can do that that are obnoxious and mean-spirited that we should avoid, right? We're not, we're not unnecessarily angry and mean about it, but we, we can't get away from the fact that we, we live in a country where, in order to be biblical, we are going to be massively divisive. But as long as we're on the side of truth, that's fine. Mm -hmm. That's fine. We'll be okay. I knew well I could said. count on that answer from Andrew. <laughs> Um, I'm going to, and I appreciate it and absolutely agree with every word. Um, I, I would just close by saying as we get around our campfires and, um, you know, crack our refreshing beverages over the, the, uh, Canada day weekend, a part of me, and, and I'm sure many in our audience would just like to kind of close our eyes and go back to 25 years ago when, when it just wasn't this nasty and, and we really could just go across the street to the open garage and have a Bud Light with our buddies uh, and, and, and not think about all of these, um, these issues and, and not wonder about the person's uh, political influences across the street or on your kid's hockey team. Or there, you really could go to the fireworks and not dread the person you're going to run into because of their wild positions they espouse on Facebook. There was a time where that was real. But I'll tell you, those times didn't exist because we were just better people and we were better at not being divisive. 
it's because in those days, people who believed that you could transition your minor children or you could shield them from parental authority, you weren't allowed to say that out loud. You weren't allowed to do a, a you, you weren't allowed to be a naked man and walk down the street 25 years ago without going to jail or getting beat up. People weren't allowed to say and believe these things in public without being deeply ashamed or going to jail. So the reason why the job of the Christian has become divisive is because the, the, most, the most inhuman and disgusting ideas and practices have become mainstream in our culture. And it's the people who, who receive those things um, that are starting the wars that we are having to address as Christians. And as Matt would say, uh, we don't want to just merely be reactionary. We want to be demonstrating a positive vision for life. I would suggest, mm -hmm. um, and this is uh, Day Before Canada Day, you're watching this, take a couple hours and go watch uh, the Antichrist in His Ruin documentary because mm -hmm. you will find a very comprehensive case for the history of Canada. And a lot of what we've said in this podcast historically, it is very inspiring. It is very encouraging in the sense of if you want to own your history and be proud of it, you, you got to know it. And I think the, the makers of that film did such a phenomenal job at laying that out. Uh, Mike, I know you appeared in that. And so it's a project we're very proud to, to endorse here as well. So take a minute to watch that. Mike, did you have something you wanted to just a nugget to throw in there? I did want to say on to your point that one of the ways that we've seen that shift happen is legally. And one of the ways that we are fighting very practically is mm -hmm. legally. And so in, in the way that Matthew said, you've got to know your history well, and you've got to know scripture well. And I just repeated that and, and added to it. And Andrew said, look, knowing that's going to cause greater division. Mm -hmm. One of the places that we're seeing this manifest itself is in the legal realm. And that is really why we're standing with Christians who um, who who want to help other people become aware about what the law is and what our freedoms truly are and how this current government and and current uh, operators uh, uh, operating under the um, under the auspices of government are are abusing uh, the law. And so not only are we trying to fight back in order to change the law and help it recede back towards uh, uh, something that is less collectivist, but we're, but we're also trying to just educate people about that change. So I just wanted to bring up that very important point. The way that you can do this is actually practically partner with us to do these yeah. legal cases to support the legal uh, advocacy that we've got going on and to educate yourself on the podcast whenever a legal case comes up. It's very important. Appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Guys, thank you all for uh, making this a great and patriotic Canada Day show. And we do hope that our viewers are encouraged. Send us an email. Send us a, a message. Let us know how the show has affected you and your family, what you've liked about it, what you'd like to see uh, for the rest of the summer on, on any of our shows. Uh, and we'd love mm -hmm. to interact. And if you've got a question, any of that stuff, we are open to all of that. So hit us up. Um, via our contact page at libertycoalitioncanada.com or at christianweek.org. You can get in touch with us there and we will, uh, we'd love to be in touch with you. So thanks for all of your support from all of us at the Liberty Lounge. We will see you next time. Happy Canada Day, everybody. Don't drink, don't drink a Bud Light, regardless of what Tim said. Please don't celebrate by drinking a Bud Light for Canada Day. <laughs> Cut.